A live stream of tonight's podcast is made possible by our buddy Ian Service over at podcastaccelerator.com. Hey everybody, Trace from the Takeover team here. Tonight we conclude our series highlighting the host of the produce stand with who else but Victor. Now, whether he drives you crazy because you love him or he just drives you crazy, it don't affect Victor much because he knows he's living rent-free in that head of yours with the hot takes of an unapologetic contrarian. Armed only with a vicious rapier-like wit and a blue spatula, Victor sees any Thursday he hasn't pissed somebody off as a missed opportunity. But, at the risk of being spatulated myself, turns out he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. A loving and supportive husband and father, global businessman, shredding guitarist, arty cinephile, and hippopotamus aficionado. Casey, of course, is back, and let's just say, this is the one she's been waiting for. So everybody grab their bingo cards and hop on the extreme hippo train, because this is Behind the Produce Stand with Victor Sherman. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, uh, fucking sexy. It's Thirsty Thursday, and that means you're hanging out with us at the produce stand, a podcast celebrating everything in the U- Now, I know what you're thinking. There are plenty of other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this is the only one that turns the tables on itself, on our host. We're turning... Okay, I'm Casey, and joining me in the room, as always, is my psychotic but gorgeous cat. You'll see her off in the corner a little bit later. And online tonight, the man who managed to turn a Jared Kiso headlock into a hug. Please join me in welcoming the one and the only Victor. Oh, my God. Welcome to your podcast, Victor. Hello. Nice How to are be you here. <laughs> I should hope so. It's been a while. Um, has it? Well, I guess it's, it, I guess it, this has been a, what I want to say has been um, in the making for a while. I've been waiting to come on this for a while and just kept getting postponed and switched out for other episodes. And I kind of almost forgot about it. And then I told Al earlier today, I'm kind of coming in cold into this because I'm not mentally prepared. I have no idea what to expect. I've been working all day today, so I haven't had a chance to kind of clear my mind. Um, so yeah, this will be a fun ride. Well, how about we buy you some time because this entire episode is going to be a big fat. How are you now? How are you now? Um, there you go. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping first and then we'll jump right in. Okay. So settle down and yeah. breathe in the mist from your cup of coffee and hopefully it's diabolical. Uh, oh, hey, Alexander, you work here now? They say, man who go to sleep with itchy butt, wake up with smelly finger. Uh, okay. Welcome to Diabolical Coffee. My name is Alexander. How might I help you? Right. I was needing a coffee. Thanks. Well, now, at Diabolical Coffee, we say we have a roast for every taste. How would you describe your taste? I mean, I like 
coffee. Grind is very important, too. We have a standard grind, of course. Of course. And, of course, we also have a coarse grind. Right. Now, some folks don't trust their grind into strangers, so we offer whole bean as well. For instance, these Peruvian beans are, of course, from Peruvia, which, if memory serves me, is where your family hails from. Well... Portugal, but... So that's like a taste of home. What? Did you know we also have espresso, or as is known in Italy, espresso? You know, the hand gestures don't make that right. We also have K-cups, which keeps the coffee from getting on the outside of the pot, which I must admit, I've never been a fan of. The outside, huh? Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the produce stand. Rings a bell. Now, for some reason, if you put that in the promo code, this guy, Eric, gives you 20% off your purchase. But I'd keep that under my hat. Yeah, secret safe with me. I'm going to go look at the diabolically awesome swag. He'll give you 20% off of that, too. You just can't beat that deal. I don't care who you are. Right. Thank you, Alexander. Don't thank me. Thank Diabolical Coffee. You're right. Thank you, Diabolical Coffee and Eric for your support. That guy, Eric, must be a good guy, but not very savvy if you ask me. Giving away 20% left and right all willy-nilly. Oh, Matt. <laughs> Casey, you're muted. Uh, thanks, Al. I was muted because I was trying not to laugh through that commercial. That was ridiculously hilarious thank you eric for always supporting the pod despite the fact that we take it over every now and then and go off the rails there's a train joke for you victor uh thanks to everybody who recently followed us on twitter is that still a thing i don't know if we're even getting followers but thanks for following and hopefully for listening previously on letter canny Last week, Jeff shared his own magical mystery Canadian tour with tales from his series of Sudbury Saturday nights. And Cassie was there and there's a Canadian Jason Statham or was he an American Jason Statham? Do you remember, Victor? I can't remember. I don't know. I think he's from Full House. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Michelle obviously played amazing host. This week, we're getting into it with Victor. So, Victor, how are you now? Well, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's this week? What's this week been like for you? Um, this week has been very relaxing. Today was my first day back at work. Oh. Um, and it was uh, it hit me hard because first, you know, I think it was like uh, 730 this morning, right up until two. I was just in meetings without nonstop. So I had my was able to have a lunch at two and stuff like that. But I was uh, but that's OK, because I was off this whole week. Um, we, you know, on, we had um, a holiday on Monday and yes. then we had a what we are calling summer splash days on Tuesday, where Ooh. we are giving our, all of our employees an extra day on all the long weekends. Very nice. And then we also gave everyone a floater day to use any way they want this summer as well. So I decided to slap that sucker on there as well. And so I just uh, had myself a nice five day long weekend. Um, it's like a so, yeah. PTO sandwich, man. You got it. You got it. So yeah, that sounds nothing, good. It was just a lot of R and R, some guitar playing, uh, some 10k runs in in uh, ill advised uh, running weather. Um, some 10k run. How many 10k runs did you do? I did uh, two 10k runs. Why? Well, I typically aim for three per week. That's 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 how Wait, I you do my... 10k. You do 30k a week. I try to yes. Indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. 
indoor would be uh that would be daunting yeah, yeah that would be miserable I, well i used to do that right because when i used to go to the gym before covid mm. um uh that's what i would do i would go i would go on a treadmill and run 10k and um get you know listen to a lot of podcasts that way yeah uh, catch up on uh, you know a lot of stuff and yeah and that was all right and you know what with ha- those with those treadmills there's like a little tv that you can watch and stuff like that mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. covid hit and so that kind of shot the you know closed the gym so i yep. i ended up running in the summer uh or trying to run in the summer and then hibernate in the winter um yep. and and uh that wasn't working out too well I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. So then their behavior is not working out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then last summer I had this knee injury, which was like, came out of nowhere. And then I went to see a specialist who was, um, the same, uh, specialist that they had working for the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, which was, uh, you know, only the best for me. That's um, right. And, and, uh, he suggested that, um, I wasn't doing enough cross training, which is basically cycling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I got myself a stationary bike. Is that and, good biking? And, and that's what I now do. That's I, instead of, I canceled my gym membership and, you know, before the, cause if there's, if you can't wear shorts and t-shirt, I'm not running, like it's just not happening. So um, wait, 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 go back to that. What? I'm, I only run outside when the weather is warm enough to wear shorts and a t-shirt. Okay. Thank you. Once All it right. gets too, once it gets too cold, then my running season is over. You stop, you hibernate. Stop. Okay. I hibernate, but now I got the bike. So, so up until kind of, um, I guess I can't remember. I got it like in January or something like that. So from January. Do you get one of them Pelotones? it comes with a program like that, like the Peloton, but okay. and, and you get it like for free for a year, but okay. it's, I, I try to use it. It's stupid. I don't really use it. I just use the thing that comes on the bike, you know, tells you how many kilometers you're riding and <laughs> right. Um, um, whatever. Anyway, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's better than the gym, right? Cause it's just right there. You don't have to travel. And, and so when I do the bike, I do that and sometimes for 30 minutes, sometimes for 60 minutes. Okay. And, and um, yeah, it gives me a really good workout and, you know, it's good biking. Victor it's good says biking, yeah. good biking, good alternative. So this is, you know, all exciting talk uh, and whatnot, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, a little, that's how I stay uh, able to maintain my, my kind of eat anything I want kind of diet. Is that Got just, it. Yeah. Got it. So how, how did you, Gosh, I don't even know where to go after that. You have such a talent uh, for just taking us down a train. Now I hear my son coming down the stairs because he's probably going to complain that I'm talking too loud. Oh, okay. Um, That's okay. He can stay up and and watch with us. That's all right. If he comes, yeah, join the party. Yeah, join the party. Um, So there are a lot of a lot of listener questions tonight, but I sort of want to start out with like, hello. (laughs) Is there anybody out there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, I want to start with, I want to start with like Victor coming to America. Oh my. Wow. That would have taken us back to 1983. 
Now, I think yeah. it just turned 1984. Like I can't, I, and I think it's, it's hard for me to remember. Uh, I think it was February of 1984 um, is, 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 what I think and you were, you were 19. You said I was eight. Oh, you were eight. I was so eight. What did you, what was that like? Eight or nine. Um, it was like, what do you remember? It about was, it, it was like a complete culture shock. Right. Cause you have to remember, um, I'm coming here, not from, um, a country that was in any way similar to this one. I'm coming here from the Soviet Union before it broke up. And so I did have a little prelude, um, right? So when, when we left the Soviet Union, we went to Austria. And then we stayed there for a couple of months. Then we went to Italy uh, and then stayed there for about a year. And then I came here. So, so a bit of a, you know, bit of a journey to get here. So it was, we lived in Vienna in Austria, and then we lived in a city called Ladispoli, uh, in, uh, which was just 40 minutes outside of Rome. And so on weekends, we would always go into Rome. So that was kind of like my second city. Um, and then we, and then it, it was a kind of a bit of a lottery in terms of where we would end up. It was, it would have, it would have been, uh, either New York. Um, Toronto, Edmonton, or Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. Or Tel Aviv, yeah. So those are the options. And I feel like um, we kind of won the lottery on that one, to be honest. Um, uh, especially at that time, New York, New York, New York was a cesspool. Uh, Edmonton is what it was, is was what it is today. And it was like, you know, minus 40 degrees in the winter. So no, thank you. Tel Aviv. Um, if you enjoyed the threat of, uh, you know, terrorist attacks at that, you know, during the eighties, that was a, a very, no, that was time. not a great time to be there, uh, to be there. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, Toronto ended up being kind of easily the winner there. And so we were very lucky to end up here. That was very, very, very smart. Very smart. Well, yeah. Well, it wasn't our <laughs> wasn't wasn't our choice. It just you know luck of the draw, I guess. There was uh, some right. other things at play. Uh, we had some family members that came here. They, they we had family that was in Tel Aviv, but we also had family that was here, and because we did have sponsors, um, mm. mm-hmm. uh, we you know it w- it could have been fifty fifty. We could have easily ended up being sent to Tel Aviv, but we ended up here, and thank goodness for that. Now, did you like? learn English in preparation for that? Or did you sort of no, like, how no. did you, how did you pick up language? Did you learn French first? Like, what did you, learning language was really difficult because when I came here, my parents, my parents, my dad, that's a whole other story. We, we left, we left the Soviet union with my mom, but we came here only and my, my mom and my dad and my sister, but mm-hmm. we came to Toronto just with my sister and my dad. So that's a whole other story that I may or may not have shared before with the, with the community. I can't remember. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, which is a whole interesting story. I kind of wrote a movie script about it when I was in college. Um, but, but anyway, so we ended up, we'll get uh, we to ended, that. Go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, where was that? Where was I going with that? So we came you here, got uh, here with your dad yeah. So we, learning we, language language. Thank you. Thank you. So we came here um, 
And my dad thought he was doing the right thing by mm -hmm. putting me and my sister into Hebrew school because Hebrew school, it's different okay. than Catholic school. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Catholic school yes. is like a regular public school. Well, here, in, like in, I don't know what it is like in the States, right? But in Canada, in, especially in Ontario, a Catholic school is like a regular public school. It's just yeah. a Catholic school, whereas right. the Hebrew school was a private school. It's one that you have to pay money for to, to, to attend. Um, okay. So because we were refugees and we were, you know, there's all kinds of Jewish programs that are willing to pay, throw all kinds of money at you as long as mm -hmm. you are try to be Jewish. Um, <laughs> um, right. So, right. so, you know, so my, obviously we didn't have any money. So, but my, somehow my dad was able to get my sister and me into, into the Hebrew school. It was fully subsidized by, again, these organizations. I don't know which one it was. Mm. Um, and so great. So my dad thought he's giving us a great education by sending us to Hebrew school. And my sister was two years older than me. So it was a lot oh, kind wow. of easier for her. She was already studying, mm. studying um, English when we were in Italy I was, you know, I was seven. I had no desire or interest in <laughs> learning anything new. Um, so, right. so, so when, so for me, they put me into, I think it was grade three that I, like we came here in February and I went to grade three in this Hebrew school Yeah, and it was horrible. Yeah. It was, it was horrible because, um, so as a religious school, you're spending half of your time in, in religious classes, but right. studying in, Torah. In other, Another way, yeah. Another way, it's yeah. a Hebrew school is different than the Catholic school is they don't teach those classes in English. They teach them in Hebrew, wow. which was completely just a big waste of time for me because I didn't understand what they were doing. Uh, it really helped me um, um, uh, help me with my uh, drawing skills because I did a lot of drawing in that class. So uh, yes. Um, and I still have some of those, uh, uh, believe it or not. Um, those early, early drawings. Yeah. 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 Was drawings there themes? Of, Are there, there themes? Yeah. Yeah. I was big into uh, Transformers. Uh, I just, you know, Transformers, 1984 Transformers. And so I would, there was one page that showed the Transformers in their vehicle, airplane states. Mm -hmm. The second page would be in their transformed transformed state the yes. third page and some of these were like they would con connect together to make like one big transformer that's voltron so they would, need, they would they, well it's like voltron but but not voltron yeah. yeah so anyway so they would so you'd have to transform them into this kind of third state that they are like an arm and they're not a car or oh, right. uh, or a robot right. they're an arm right so right. i would have them right. transformed into that state so that i would draw that and then I That's would draw them. Cool. Yeah. So that, so it was a um, lot of kind of interesting, intricate drawings and there's lots of Smurfs. I drew Smurfs. Lots I don't of know Smurfs. Why. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was a thing. Um, anyway. Favorite so, Smurf? So, <laughs> what's that? Favorite Smurf? Um, geez. I don't think I had a favorite Smurf. Um, Come on. I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like a Smurf aficionado or anything like that. I think my you favorite like Smurf was Azrael. Uh, <laughs> not a Smurf. 
not i know but i but i like the azrael the best um, right the cat yeah yes, yeah yeah but anyway uh <laughs> the smurf right. eater um uh though i don't think azrael ever actually ate any smurfs um he has it was gargamel who wanted to do all the eating yeah yeah he? but yeah I, but he Animal. was kind of mis- misusing azrael uh azrael to to help him um mm-hmm. but anyway um it's been a while since I watched the cartoon, but I, you know, I remember something like that. So back to the language. So wasting a lot of time in Hebrew class, trying to, uh, trying right, to draw the time, which was, I guess, yeah. good in one way. Cause my head wasn't, you know, barraged with all the nonsense from, um, uh, yeah. from, a, from a religious perspective, but, but on the other hand, it was just wasting time where I could have been learning. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So th- then the other thing with a private school that, um, happens is they start teaching you French a lot earlier. And because mm-hmm. it's a private school, it's a little more intense and whatnot. So more waste of time for me because I can't even speak English and I'm here sitting in kind of class, uh, French class, trying to learn French by an English teacher who is mostly speaking French. Um, so, oh. so that was a big waste of time. And then you have your regular classes, you know, your maths and everything right. else. And so, which, you know, I wasn't getting anything out of that because I couldn't understand the language. So I spent, so the only class that was, had any usefulness to me was ESL. Um, right. So, right. So, right. which was, yeah. Sense. So that was, so, so most of my day in school was complete waste of time. <laughs> it was just. Complete. How frustrating was that? Um, I, I think when you're a kid, you don't like spend time feeling sorry for yourself. You just adapt. Like kids are very adaptable, right? Like you just adapt to your environment. You adapt to your situation. The other thing, the thing that I think was more challenging for me, and I'm not like, you know, crying a sob story or anything like that. This was the same case for any, any immigrant, but Mm. it was the cold war. Right. And the Russians were the enemy and they were Mm. the butt end of the joke and all that kind of stuff. And I I think Rocky four was coming out or gonna come out or came out i can't remember exactly the the oh. and and so there was you know and uh, dolph lundgren was playing the yep. russian guy who obviously wasn't russian but doesn't matter um and so he was the bad guy so i was the bad guy because i was and i wasn't even russian <laughs> right. <laughs> right right so i spoke russian right. and i right. came from the soviet union so and and in, in in canada and the united states back then Russia and the Soviet Union was the same thing. There was no difference. Yes. Even though there was a very big difference, there was no difference because people didn't understand that here. And not because right. they were ignorant. It just wasn't taught that way. Right. right? Like that's, right. you know, people were taught that, you know, the Soviet Union is Russia. And, that's and, right. and you know, there was some truth to that to an extent because Russian rule was all that the republics of the Soviet Union mm. um you know, had to put Russian first and then everything else second. Right. So, yeah, much different than the Commonwealth. A little bit different, a little bit. <laughs> so, so anyway, so, so I, so I was a bit of a villain and I had to always kind of defend myself. People or kids were picking on me. And then there's one day uh, in, in the schoolyard um, uh, I just had enough. And then I kicked this guy in a, in a, in the face. Um, and then I got sent to the principal's office um, and I kind of, and then, I don't know, I, I didn't really understand most of the stuff that the principal was telling me. So I kind of dismissed most of it. Um, mm. and I just, you know, 
it was clear that I was defending myself. So I didn't get into too much trouble. I don't think yeah. much came of it, but I just remember that fight very, <laughs> that incident. It wasn't really a fight. I remember that incident very vividly in my head, just because it, it was very, you know, one of those memories that you have as a kid. Right. Um, and, and anyway, was after that, that first year, were you eight yeah. then? Yeah, yeah, I, was, okay. I, w- I would have been eight or nine. I can't remember yeah. exactly, right? But yeah, I would, yeah. would have been young. And 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 yeah. and sometimes you have to. And like after that, people kind of just left me alone, right? Um, and um, anyway, I continue continue to struggle with the language uh, through grade four, grade five, grade six. Started to mm. speak better each time. I'm mostly learning from ESL and watching TV shows, yeah. WKRP in Cincinnati, Three's Company, shows like that. Um, and, and started to, you know, made like a friend, which was nice. Um, and, but really was not doing well in school at all because the language is, was a a real problem for me. And finally, 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 my dad decided to transfer me to public school. And when that happened midway Mm -hmm. through grade seven, then everything changed because I stopped wasting so much time uh, and and being in hebrew school mm-hmm. was also just terrible just because of the kids because because yeah. it's a private school and private school yeah private school types. sucks private school the kids all the kids are from rich families it's the ones that um if uh, back then like everybody had like a um, roots and beaver canoe shirts and converse and these mm-hmm. are the kids that had like a different color shirt and different color shoes for every fucking day of the week right. <laughs> so right you know right. what and 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 the, their personalities matched their attire right. um and and so there weren't there weren't the kid you know kids kind of suck anyway Right. Um, and then you, you know, those kinds of kids suck on the next level. Right. So and confirm. Yeah. So, so it was really, really nice to kind of go to public school and I started to make friends. I got into sports. I got into, you know, um, just more start, got into like more of the regular pop culture stuff and whatnot. And everything was lots of great, you know, lots of difficult memories. And and mm. once I was in high school, then grew out my hair, got into rock and roll. It was uh, you know, uh, by then English was already, you know, like my, my old hat, my exactly. It was my number one language. Yeah. Uh, my accent was starting to disappear and, um, everything my, so, you know, for a lot of kids, high school is a lot of bad memories for me. Yeah. High school was really the, my, you know, some of my best times because you peaked in high school. I, is what yeah. You're like, well, yeah, I didn't really peak, but I, it was because my middle school, grade great school was terrible. Middle school was slightly better, but still not great. Right. So it could have only right. gone up. So high school for me. <laughs> was I, I arrived in high, I didn't peak. I arrived. Okay. Uh, I arrived. Okay. Right. And, okay. and, and that's where I started to kind of find myself. Right. So, you know, yeah. I discovered that I love music and I discovered that mm. I love to play with uh, in bands and uh, perform on stage. And I, you know, I started to kind of do things, realize that I like to do things differently. Right. So mm. I joined the school band they didn't have a guitar. So I, you know, they made me play the sax. Uh, what was it? The alto sax. And then mm. I said, you know, why don't I, I'm, I play the guitar? Why don't I play the guitar? And they said, well, yeah. that's not part of the band. And I said, okay, well, why don't we make it part of the band? And then uh, 
Mr. Peppa said, okay, but now I'm going to have to write music for the guitar. I said, you're welcome. Well, Peter Peppa. <laughs> so yeah, you're so, welcome. You know, so did you actually like, say you're welcome? I, I, I probably, I probably, I could probably. see myself. I was a bit of a smart ass, but in a, in a, you know, like in, in, <laughs> in a playful way, in a playful way. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I tried to, to kind of, I was kind of beat, uh, um, march to the beat of my own drum kind of thing. And, uh, I, like so this I said, is I early on, this was, were you always this way or did it, was this part of the, the transformation? Um, yeah, I, I think I was, I just, I was a bit, uh, more of a loose cannon back then. Right. Just because, mm. you know, a little less mm-hmm. mature and a little, uh, right, right, uh right, right, my right. filters weren't as, um, you know, uh, it was the nineties. <laughs> All the night. Yeah. Well, the eighties and then, yeah, I mean, yeah. So the nineties, by the time I was a teenager, for sure. Right. Yeah, just, right. High such, school. Yeah. 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 So Anyway, so, so what were your you favorite bands? I mean, aside from extreme, God, don't say extreme. We know um, about my, extreme. I mean, it's really so. First of all, my first concert I ever went to, um, I was my sister took had to take me, and it was Tiffany. Um, so I don't know if you know who what Tiffany. year was it? Um, it was probably like 86, 87, or something like that. Um, was it, I think we're alone now. Was it like right? In that, that was, that was, that was right. Yeah. So that would have yeah, been like, what, 87, awesome. right? 86, yeah, 86, 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was at the, um, um, so, so we have a place here called Wonderland. Um, yeah. Canada's and, Wonderland. Canada's Wonderland. And, and it, if you had a season's pass, they used to do mm. concerts there every Saturday night. And if you had a season's pass, the concerts were 10 bucks. And you can, <laughs> it was crazy. And it's like God, the nineties were amazing. Weren't they? The biggest acts like every, you the name 80s. the band, they, they, yeah. they were there. You, you name yeah. them. They were there. Uh, yeah. Like maybe not Pink Floyd, but, but like almost every other band that was. That Def I, Leppard. New yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw White Snake. I saw so many bands there. It's unbelievable. Poison. Poison. I, uh, I saw Poison. Um, I saw uh, what's, what's that stupid. Warrant. Did you see Warrant? Um, I didn't see. I never saw Warrant. Um, but uh, what's that stupid band? Uh, um, you, you, you think the song is about you? They didn't write that song, but they did. Did a read. Think this song. Um, um, Cinderella. Uh, it was yeah. Cinderella did it. Um, uh, so many bands. So many. So many bands. Um, anyway, but the first one was Tiffany. So that was my introduction to, to rock and roll is Tiffany. Um, but then I, you know, I found, like I said, I found myself after that, I discovered the wall, um, mm. by Pink Floyd. And mm. I listened to that. I still have that cassette. It was, mm. um, I discovered it in my sister's collection. Uh, but, um, I, that I fell in love with that album. Like I just fell in love with it. I, uh, every, it's, Why? it's, it's a masterpiece. Like I think what kids are missing out on today, to be honest, mm. like not to sound like a boomer, but it's, they're missing out that album experience. And that's why I love extreme mm. so much. We'll come back to that, but mm. you know, like, uh, I'll I, say what we come back to Victor, settle just, down, just settle down. <laughs> it's like, I, I get it. I know Taylor Swift and others, they release albums, sure. but it's, but you can listen to the songs on those albums in any order you want. There isn't a story. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's there. It's like people cherry pick what they listen to on, on Spotify. They create their own playlist, which is just like our mixtapes back then. But when you went and got an album from your favorite band that just released an album, 
you know, whether, you know, obviously we, I wasn't buying albums in the seventies, but if you listen mm. to those albums from the seventies and into the eighties uh, from the bands that were a little more serious than poison um, and, and were you could, you could put the album in and just ex- experience it from beginning to end. And there was yeah. like, there was an, ex- it was an experience, whether you're listening to a Zeppelin album or a super tramp album, or I'm talking bands, like, you know, bands. Yeah. Like Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, and, and it was just an experience. And for me, like I said, I, uh, I was got into all of the seventies. Um, uh, obviously Zeppelin Floyd, uh, w- Floyd, I was just super tramp was so huge for me. I loved mm. everything by the Eagles, even though they're the biggest assholes in the world, especially Don. Is Hamilton. that right? The, the, the music, just the music, they couldn't yeah. write a bad song if they were, if their life was in danger. Yeah. Like it was just, uh, um, the music was incredible. Uh, it really, really was. And, and so then I got into guitar. I, I got into, like I said, um, did you take first, lessons or did you teach yourself? I took lessons, but I didn't get okay. much out of them, to be honest, because. Um, uh, of course you didn't. Well, first of all, I didn't. I wasn't doing the homework that I was supposed to. And well, then uh, I started doing conservatory. So I got up to grade two of conservatory and I just wasn't passionate about it. If anything kind of drove me away from classical and mm. into rock and roll. And that's mm-hmm. I started discovering all of these um, instrumental guitarists like yeah. Steve Vai and Joe Satriani. Um, and I really got into them. And that's when I, it was, that's when I discovered extreme. I didn't mm-hmm. discover them. I, you know, I was hanging with people and I said, Oh, you let me make you a mixtape. And then, he, you know, my buddy, right. Craig, he, he, he made me a mixtape of extremes, best songs. He only had two albums out at that point. So he mm. gave me a mix of the, the best songs from the two albums. Was that I was before more than words. No, more than words. So, so they had two albums. So the first album they released was, I believe in 89. Um, okay. And that was um, just, it was a self-titled extreme. Um, yeah. And that's the album that had play with me on it. So that song that was, they, they, you know, uh, it was on Bill and Ted's uh, excellent adventure, whatever the name yes. of that movie was. Yes. Um, and you got it. so, yeah, so that was that. So I didn't know about them then though. Uh, okay. but that song, they kind of, people started to know about them because of that song, but yeah. then they came out with Pornography, which was the That's second right. album that came out, I think in 1990, 91, uh, 1991. I can't remember. Um, and, and that's, that's the album that had more than words on it. Yep. Um, and they were going to quit on the album because it wasn't happening. They released, um, Decadence Dance, which is to this day, one of the best songs for guitar ever written on this planet like it's a masterpiece um, yeah and then they released get the funk out which made brian may cry um so brian may is the guitarist for queen what he if you don't there, there's this famous video on youtube of brian may talking about the guitar solo on get the funk out and how he was just like he's talking about it in such a passionate authentic uh, way and it's just it's 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 just it's a masterpiece inside a song um and it's this silly song called get the funk out and and the thing is it's that whole album that pornography album for any per anyone that is a guitar player and understands what it means to play the guitar if mm. you listen to to that album 
Yeah. That album is also a concept album. You can listen to for the messaging in and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking yeah. strictly from a musical perspective. Yeah. There is no album t- comes close. And and guitar players agree. Like maybe Van Halen one, the one that the cast yeah. this song called Eruption on it and yeah. Running with the Devil. But yeah. there's no other album that comes close that has such mastery and incredible guitar playing. In in songs, we're not talking about instrumental yeah. or No, I hear you. Songs yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just listen to, and one of those songs is more than words. And and the neat thing, yeah, about yeah, songs, it's not just the guitar person strumming guitar. If you're trying to learn a guitar, that will be a very difficult song for you to learn because there's so right. much artistry fingering in there. Um, yeah. And and Al would probably attest to. I don't know if he's ever tried to learn that song, but it would be a difficult song to learn if you're just a strummer, right? Okay, uh, take a breath. Take anyway, a breath. I know you're I talking about extreme. Take talking. some water. Yeah. Just yeah. inhale and exhale. Take a breath. We're going to switch topics just momentarily. We'll get back to extreme if you need to. There you go. Take a big deep right. breath in. There you I can go. go on tangents about things for two hours, by the way. So you have to. Stop. Oh, I know. You have to. I know. I was. I was. I like to see you get excited, though. See, this is it's reminiscent of Shorzy Victor, and that's my favorite Victor, aside from in person Victor. I like in person Victor better than all, but Shorzy Victor's a close second. Um. So let's talk about Shorzy really quickly now that I've brought it up. Um. Tell me, tell me what you thought, what, what did you think before you saw Shorzy? <laughs> and then while you were watching Shorzy, how did you, at what point did you understand that this was the most amazing thing you'd ever seen? And, and then we'll, we'll get into, let's start with those two things. So yeah, pre Shorzy um, and yeah. then Perry Shorzy. So I think pre Shorzy, I probably thought what everybody else thought. Right. Right. Everybody was very cautiously optimistic about that show Uh, and simply because how how are you going to make a show out of a caricature? How are you going to make usually, you know, when you have a um, a spinoff, it's from a very prominent character from the previous show. And I don't think any letter Kenny fan would consider Shorzy to be a prominent. He was a prop character. Uh, and, and it's not like he had a, a development arc or anything like that. Maybe, maybe in that last season, maybe. Oh, don't get episode. started on arcs. Yeah. He had one. Go. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. Whatever. It's just, there wasn't, don't, there wasn't, whatever there wasn't me. layers. There were, there weren't that many layers. To Victor. Shorzy. Oh, there my weren't God. that many layers to Shorzy. There were not a letter Kenny. Not there a were. Yes, there were. Okay. Well, anyway, we can get into a philosophical uh, debate about that. We'll circle back maybe, to that. Maybe, yeah. But, 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 but anyway, I mean, um, and, and it's like, I'm not a letter Kenny aficionado anyway. Right. So it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the community. I'm a fan of the show. Just been doing a podcast for three years on the uh, show, but I'm, I'm just, not an aficionado. No, but I'm no, but I'm not. I'm not a super fan, right? I've said it from day one. I, I'll, um, say, I'll say it to Kiso. Like, I love you know, you know, you, you can you can admire an artist, but you don't have to love. You don't have to like just blindly love everything an artist does, right? It's like you can admire their talent and their right. craft and and all yes. that kind of stuff. And except so for me, for extreme. Yes. Well, extreme can't do anything wrong. Right. Uh, okay. Go but, on. But anyway, um, so, so, so I, you know, to this day, Letter Kenny is not like one of my top 10 shows. It's just, it's just not right. like, and, right. and that's, and I'm not, I don't feel like I need to apologize for that. You um, don't. you know, 
I I love what Letter Kenny has done. Mm. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. what it, I mm-hmm. love what uh, kind of the community it created. And mm. so uh, so if not for Letter Kenny, like it's a force. <laughs> it's this yeah. force, right? Um, yeah. But but um, so if we if we talk about you know Shore, uh, Shorzy as a character in that show unless you knew the history and you knew the, what, where Kisa was coming from, you wouldn't have thought that a show could be uh, um, centered around that character. That's right. Not, not from what we would, from what was exposed to us in, in the segments or the vignettes of that. Yes. show, Right. Yes. So anyway, um, so I was cautiously optimistic. I, 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 on one hand, I kind of thought, is this really going to work? He's kind of a goofball. Um, there's, I didn't see that many layers to him again, let's not get into the philosophy and, 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 but at the same time, it was the promise of something that I was hoping Letterkenny would be that it wasn't when I first learned about Letterkenny before I ever joined the community. And before Al ever gave me the call and said, do you want to do Mm. a podcast? I thought Mm. Letterkenny, because I saw that first episode with Mm. those goofballs coming up in the Tonka trunk. And then, and and I thought it was going to be a hockey show. And it was, it was very, it was, I I think it was right around the time I was watching a hockey show. I don't know if the people in the community know, but there was a, 30 minute sitcom hockey show around the time that Letterkenny started. It was called Benders. And it's it's not a great show, but it was a hockey show. And when that's why nobody love- knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you, you can I'm IMDB it and, and see if you can uh, I don't think there's any networks uh carry it. So you'll have to use kind of some nefarious uh, ways to to view it. But but it's uh, but it's 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 just a thirty minute uh, like a sitcom about P, uh, uh, beer league hockey players, and okay. and but it was just okay. Like I think if you go and look at the IMDb review, I'm gonna guess. I have no idea. I'm gonna guess it's like a five or a six, <laughs> right? Something like that. Um, and 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 but I watched it, and there was only one season, and it got canceled. And then I saw Letter Kenny, and I thought, oh this is going to be the replacement for that. And isn't that awesome? And then I realized, Oh, it's not really, it's more of a kind of a hick town. I kind of just, I didn't really, I thought it's a hick town show. It looks like it might be good, but it wasn't easy to watch. So I, I, I kind of forgot about it. I watched that first episode, forgot right. about it. And then Al gave me a call and then we started the whole podcast thing. Right. 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 And started watching it. So, um, so, so back to your question, um, I was cautiously optimistic, right. but more optimistic than cautious because I didn't really care how good it w- or bad it would be. It was going to be about hockey. hockey. What yeah. the, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, I didn't set the bar high. I just said, this right. is going to be a, a sitcom about hockey. Like what, you know, what can go wrong? Like it's let's do it. Um, and then we, and then, you know, we saw that first episode and yeah. I said, yeah, great. That's, bring it on. That's exactly um, what I expected. And, and, and it's so much more than what I expect actually. Right. So so it, it easily, uh, you know, um, uh, cleared my bar that I set for it. Yeah. Um, Is it now the standard against which all other hockey shows will be measured? At least. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, to be honest, like, I I don't need any other hockey shows. Let's just let this one continue for as long as Letterkenny did. 
Um, you know, let's, let's, right. let's have 12 seasons of, 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 of Shorzy. Shorzy. like, why not? Who, you know, I don't need another hockey show. This one's, you know, I, that this one's good enough that for I me. need. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's, um, let's pick up uh, a listener question. Um, do you want a serious question first? Or do you want a funny question first? I think all questions are funny. Oh boy. Um, why is the hit? Okay. Uh, Tassie wants to know, um, Cassie, <laughs> our Cassie, the one that was with our us Cassie. Yes. Episodes? Okay. Yeah. I just, I wrote her as Tassie and my script is a nice. joke to myself, but <laughs> I, I think I called up. you Cassie actually, when we were at, um, when we were in the locker room and you were sitting there trying to collect yourself after the, uh, the, the Kiso, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Meeting what, what, the meet, yeah, meeting, uh, the event. meet, uh, yeah. The uh, toot I, sweet. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I was walking towards you and I said, Oh, I, I, is, is Cassie doing okay? I don't know why I called you Cassie. And then I think people okay. overheard me and they thought this asshole doesn't even know who's who he's with. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, I, I probably, it probably didn't even affect me at that moment. No, no, you I wouldn't, probably you wouldn't didn't have even heard. Care. It's like everybody else that heard that when I was coming towards you, but anyway, so anybody That's that heard okay. me, I did. Yes, I did say Cassie, but I didn't, I, I knew who Casey was. So leave me alone. Talking behind my back. Yeah. Um, so how did hippos become your favorite animal and why? Um, because of this guy right here. Um, so for those listening, I'm showing you the red hippo. So this hippo is from the Soviet Union. He is, he's very special, um, on the bottom, you can't see it, but on the bottom, the price is imprinted because that's, it's a communist hippo. So okay. in communism, you're not allowed to have diff- different prices for things. Cause that's right. What was, uh, thinking, right. um, so they, to make sure that stores weren't selling these for different prices they put the price imprinted into the plat it's molded into the plastic yes. it says 12 kopeik kopeik is basically a penny um so so it's 12 this hippo was 12 cents and he was given to me by my uncle uh, Emilia, uh and uh, he was my dad's brother and he was my um uh just a wonderful uncle and when we um we're leaving, leaving the Soviet, we're leaving Belisi. We first had to go to Moscow because mm. we were going to fly from Moscow to Austria. And there were some problems. There were some problems with the papers. I can't remember. I don't know exactly what happened. And mm. my parents had to send my sister and me back to Belisi while they sorted it out. And so we, we didn't already, we didn't have our apartment anymore. So they sent us to stay with my uncle, Jeje Emilia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, while I was there, uh, I managed to, um, destroy their bidet, um, and their bathroom. Damn. Um, okay. I didn't know what a bidet was, but I found out later. Um, um did you try to flush it with your foot? Um, I, I, I did, I did, I operated the bidet, but I wasn't yeah. sitting on it. Uh, and the ceiling uh, needed to be uh, replastered. Um, <laughs> there was a bit of a flood, um, but anyway, uh, that's that's a whole other story. Um, so anyway, so we <laughs> so we went to stay with my uncle for a couple of weeks, uh, which I'm sure he was really pleased with afterwards. But he, after that incident, uh, instead of getting in, 
scolded for what happened. He gave me this hippo. Mm. He gave me this hippo, this, this wonderful, with a very smart sweater. Um, uh, and uh, it's like a checkered sweater. You can't really tell the pattern, no. but, but yeah, it's. Um, oh, I see it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. he's such a wonderful uh, little guy. Um, he meant so much to me at the time. I slept with him under my pillow for years and years and years. And uh, he's still by my bedside every day. So does he have a name? Yeah, his name is Bigamut, which means Bigamut. A hippo in Russian. Uh, and and that's why sometimes you see my moniker as Red Bigimut because he's the mm-hmm. red hippo. Um, so uh, anyway, so that's, you know, that's where it all started. And then when I, you know, started to uh, learn that I had a brain and I could learn things, um, mm. I started to uh, connect the dots. And uh, when I learned about hippo, the real animal, I thought they were just incredible. Uh, yeah. majestic and graceful and interesting and, and learned, you know, how, you know, they, they uh, watched like every documentary you can imagine that exists about yeah. them and, and read all like all the kids books about hippos and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and there was this, I even have this video cassette in uh, we had uh, on Saturday morning cartoons between cartoons, they would show these little funny segments. It's, it was called yeah. sports hippo. And I have a video cassette that's a collection of all of these. So it was a hippo and a cat and the cat always tried to foil the hippo, but then the cat would always lose in the end. Um, and the hippo was just kind of minding his own business. He did, wasn't even trying to do anything cruel to the cat. It was just the cr- cat that was trying to always, you know, foil uh, whether they were like, you know, uh, competing the hippo never knew he was competing against the cat, but the cat was always competing with the hippo. Uh, anyway, so um, I just love hippos. Uh, yeah, uh, they're wonderful animals. They get a bad rap. They're you know just propaganda. They get killed more people than the other animal every year, but they never talk about how more people kill more hippos than hippos kill people and all that kind of stuff. But mm. not to get into that. But uh, hippos are incredible. I love them, and I love what's happening with you know Fiona and. Um, and 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 hippo beach and the san diego zoo and mm-hmm. i was going to say fiona and fritz um but it's just incredible i i, I love what's you can happening. advocate for hippos if you want yeah, this is yeah. your interview you go yeah. off about hippos victor no, no, hip- anyway so that's the hippo layer uh of yeah. my uh uh onion uh and that's what that's where it started mike wants to know he he wants to say that your immigration story is fascinating to him. Um, He's got two questions. How much do you think your immigration story shapes your personality and your outlook on life now, that process? And then how do you manage to stay connected to your Georgian roots? Do you, and is it difficult to maintain that connection culturally for yourself? Oh my, Uh, there's lots of stuff in there. Um, Yeah. So Yes, but not for the reasons, not for the immigration story. So Mm. it's what happened during immigration. Mm. So before I get into that, um, I have a very, because, you know, when you're a kid and you're seven years old, it's very hard to kind of look back. And I'm, I'm, and I'm saying that from my own experience, like I can't tell you the difference between six and five. Right. And I can't tell you the difference between 10 and 11. To me, those right. are very similar years, but I, there's a very vivid difference between seven and eight, because when I was seven, I was living in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. When I was eight, I was living in Austria, Italy, and Canada. So right. I went through that, you know, 
whole journey. And because when, when something like that happens to you as a kid, it creates, um, it creates a milestone in your mm. memory bank. Mm. And, and so what it does, it, my memory of being in Tbilisi is incredibly vivid, incredibly vivid mm. because it's a, this break that happens. Mm. And so mm -hmm. it's so vivid that I can close my eyes and I can visualize everywhere right I've there. ever been in Belize. Wow. And, and it was, it was an interesting time. Like, the, you know, the, the pros of the Soviet, of the, of communism in, mm. in, in Soviet uh, Georgia is mm. that it was super safe. There was yeah. zero crime, right? Because if you commit a crime, you disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. no, like you, you know, uh, we had Uber back then, except you don't pay. You just go and you just, it's, you, you flag a car down that's driving by and they, they will give you a lift. You don't even consider that they might do anything harmful to you. <laughs> they right. just, do it. it's just, it was right. just that kind of thing. And when I was in grade two, I would walk to school on my own. Right. Right. Like it's unthinkable here. Like it's just, you wouldn't even fathom it. Would it. Never happen. Right. I walked right. to school on my own. And I remember leaving my apartment, walking onto the main street called Ristavelli Avenue. It's still the main street in Belize today. Um, walking a few blocks to another street. And then you walk down this path and it's beautiful. And you have these houses with these mm. interesting, like if you go and look at any pictures of Tbilisi, um, mm. they're the most beautiful sceneries you'll, you'll, mm. you'll see. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And, and I had, I was there, I was in it. I was in yeah. it and I would walk down to, to the school. And because of that, those memories of those streets mm. and, that that kind of that the life and the lifestyle are so so vivid to the point where if we were to travel there back there you know tomorrow i could probably give you a tour yeah um, you know yeah. what i mean like it's yeah i do like and i, I was do. there till you know i was seven so yep. so uh very very connected um not to the point that i don't know anybody there everyone left there's right. not, i don't have a single right. friend or family member that still lives there um but mm. I want to go. It's definitely on my list of things to do. Uh, mm. It's just it, it's it hasn't been in a stable state where I would feel safe to take anybody with me. I would go. Right. I don't care. But I want to make sure if I'm going to go there that it's 100 percent safe for anybody the else. Kids can go. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my kids are old now, so whatever. But but we when they were younger and we would always travel and take them, it was never even a consideration because it was never safe enough um, mm, to kind yeah. of want to take a family trip there. So that's the answering part of that question in terms of my roots mm -hmm. to Elise. In terms of the immigration and how it shaped me. Um, so one one thing I love travel, I I I that's very, very important to me that every you know, and that's why COVID was so um, menacing is that it's like we're we're shackled we can't do anything we can't can't go anywhere and so for me traveling is uh very important i think that um having immigrated through three countries to get here mm. i think probably helped me uh see how different the world is and how important it is to kind of get out of your comfort lane and to remember that there's a whole world out there because mm. When I was in Belize, I had never seen a black person. Never. Wow. 
And it's not because I'm not saying that there weren't any black people there. Maybe there, there probably were. I just, you know, but the percentage of, of black people that may have existed at that time in Belize, Georgia, was probably so low that I, I just never encountered a, a, yeah. a black person. It was, you know, mm-hmm. so when I when I uh, came to um, I don't think I don't even think we uh, I remember seeing anybody in Austria in Vienna. And it wasn't until we got mm. to Ladispoli where it's like, oh, there's this whole other type of people yeah. that I was never exposed to, which was incredible to me. Right. And it's right. like when, yeah, you, when you're a seven year old kid. Right. It's these are these are things that are it's like, what? Like, oh, there's people that look different. I can't even conceive that because <laughs> I grew up in a real integrated area in Patterson in New Jersey in the 80s. I was the only white kid on my block. There were Syrians, there were um, people from the Middle East there. I mean, it was it was such a cultural mixing pot. And. Yeah, so I can't even I can't even conceive what that must be like to to see something like we we, we had a cultural mixing pot of people from the Middle East. Right. Because mm. we were because mm. Georgia is, is, you know, basically right nearby. Like half Europe, half Middle East, like it's right. we're on a border with Turkey. We're, right. uh, and 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 so we had a lot of pe- like I had there was I some uh, my neighbors were from Azerbaijan, from mm. I even had some uh, neighbors from Iraq. Right. Um, it's different. Never Africa. Ne- never, yep. ne- never, never, never. Um, and, and then, so that was, you know, again, it's just giving a small example of kind of the things you experience as a seven-year-old that kind of open your eyes. And okay. so when we, when we came to Italy, my eyes were open to all kinds of things that I just thought were unimaginable. Um, it was 19, um, geez, it was 1982. Um, mm. And I think Italy had won the world cup that year. I can't remember um, exactly the year, but it was bedlam there. Everybody was Mm -hmm. going crazy for Paolo Rossi, who he was like the, the hero of the, of the country. And so I started collecting a sticker album uh, of the world cup. And I still have that album today. I I completed, I think about uh, maybe like 85% of it. And then we have to leave the country. Um, but, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, it's just things like, like that, like um, there weren't in Belize, you couldn't go to the store and buy toys. Like it wasn't mm. like, it was just, my eyes were like, I remember walking. So I loved the train station. I had always loved train, you know, I loved the train oh, station. Yeah. Do I love being at the train station because we took it every single weekend to go between Ladispoli and Rome. And so I here's the train smell. origin story. Yeah. No, my tr- yeah. So, so I guess it's, it's hard to say the origin, like, it's just something that was always in me. Like, I just always loved the smell, that smell. Like, what is that smell that you smell from the tracks at train stations? It's just, it's, it's intoxicating. Uh, I love being around it. Um, I also, there was a story of my dad, uh, that I, I, I may have, and, uh, may or may not have shared, you know, he, he was on the last train, um, uh, out of Tashkent, uh, mm. um, when, when the Nazis <laughs> attacked and, and I, and it was, and he was, a, he was like, um, I forget how old he was. He was really little. He and his sister and his mom got on the last train and then they were out uh, ambushed and then they had to run through the cornfields. And he, it was oh, like, wow. it was 50, 50, whether they were going to make, gonna it, make or it? Not. And somehow they made it. 
Um, and you're, so this kind of infamous train story that even though the, the train got ambushed, it's also a train that got him out of the city when yeah. they were going around collecting the Jews. And, yeah. and so, so there's wow. kind of, that's maybe a bit of an origin story as well. Um, Very. you know, and, but, but being in Italy and every weekend mm. as a seven-year-old kid taking the train uh, to go and come into Rome and back again. Um, that probably is where it kind of dates back to. Uh, and I remember coming, coming out of the train station in, in Rome, there was the store and the store was cra- like, the prices were crazy. Like every, like everything was like a million lira at the time. This is before the Euro. Um, and, and, um, it was, it, I knew I, it's, it's something that you, I wouldn't even the fathom to ask my dad to buy because it's not something that was ever attainable, but I would right. just stare in the windows and looking at these motorcycles and cars and trains, these model, all these model vehicles that I just salivated over. And I would wanted nothing more than to, to have and play with. Yes. And, 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 you know, I remember we would go to the flea market, uh, like some, something like a flea market, um, where you could go and sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And we, we brought, we had nothing when we left, like we had to leave all our st- money, stuff behind and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But when, before, when, before we left, my dad shipped out a giant crate, like this crate was incredibly large of mm-hmm. goods. It was everything you can imagine was in this crate for the purpose of selling when we got to Ladispoli. Wow. It was waiting for us in Ladispoli. And that's wow. how we lived. That's how we survived. He was selling like, uh, uh, kind of these things. And so at, at the supermarket, I was allowed to go and buy one little dinky car. Um, and then every week I would come back and sell that car and then buy a new one. So, so nice. that's, you know, so I learned, learned a little bit of, uh, you know, how, how to entrepreneurial, you know, a, a little bit entrepreneurship there yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, that was, so yes, that whole pr- uh, process did shape me and, and yeah. kind of who I am today, but probably not as much as what happened with, with my mom. So, you know, what we, we, uh, everything was okay. And she, I have nothing but good memories about my mom. She, she might've mm. been crazy. She might've been this, that, the other, but I don't, I don't have for the seven years that she was my mm-hmm. mom. She was great. I have no complaints. Um, she was a piano teacher. She was just wonderful, wonderful mom to me. Yes. <laughs> she was a wonderful person or whatever to others. I have no, I can't speak to that, but as, right. as, as, as a mom, she was great. And then mm. we got to, everything was okay in, in, in uh, Vienna. Um, mm-hmm. And my, my mom and my dad were fighting a lot. I know that was yeah. happening. I had no idea what it was, any of it was about, but they did have a lot of fights screaming and this and that. We got to Ladispoli and we moved into this apartment where it's kind of a shared complex mm-hmm. where you, ha- mm-hmm. you have your own rooms, but you have like a shared kitchen. So just a shared space. Yeah. And so we got our room and then a little while afterwards, this guy moved in. He's kind of a young kind of, uh, younger, r- rugged, you know, Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and kind of cool and mm. he had all these cool gadgets, like a switchblade and other things like that, that we as kids thought were super cool Ugh. and awesome. Super. Yeah. And anyway, so uh, weeks go by and obviously he and my mom start having an affair mm. and, 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 um, 
we end up separating like where my dad gets a a separate apartment with my sister and me and my mom stays with this guy and and so that's happening and then one night there's this big fight that's happening in the living room of our new apartment Mm. and I come out to the living room my sister who was two years older than me my dad my mom and this guy are standing oh. around our dining room table and all my dad is saying, put the knife down, put the knife down. He had this, he, it was actually our kitchen knife. He had it in his hand and my mom is standing behind him. And, and I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm shaking. Like my knees are shaking. Cause you know, this thing, yeah. like it's crazy. And my sister, um, who was, again, she was uh, like, would have been 10 at the time. I can't remember. She said, let's everybody, you know, cool, cool your heads. Let's, we lived on, (laughs) we lived in a really nice place. It was right on the beach. Like it was, it was Mm. like a, like a crappy looking apartment, like a, one of those kind of square apartment complexes that was maybe three or four stories high or something like that. And it was, but it was right on the beach. Like, like, you know, you had the apartment, then you had a street for cars to go by and then you had the beach. That's all it was. And it was like, I think 10 PM at night, there was no cars. There was nobody outside. We all went out. Somehow they listened to my sister. (laughs) We all went out and, and then they continued to fight and argue. And then my mom is still standing by this guy behind him. My dad and my sister and I are standing on the opposite from them. He takes out a canister, have no idea what it was. It was probably tear gas and sprays it at my dad. But of course it gets into my eyes and my sister's eyes. And it, I never felt a sensation like this. It was, it was like the most pain I ever felt and to this day, it's the most pain I ever felt. And, and when he saw how much pain he was causing us, he stopped. His intention was to spray my dad. And so he stopped and started swearing at my dad and saying it was all his fault and he's lucky and he's going to, and, and, and his, and my mom was with him, like standing behind, like didn't even like come to help us. Like she, she just watched it all. And then they left, she and him, they both left and left us there. And so the next, I didn't no idea, like what the hell just happened. Um, and the next morning, my dad took my sister and me to see the kind of the lo- local doctor that kind of helped yeah. refugees. Yeah. And, and she said, I have no idea what they sprayed, but you guys look like you're okay. And it doesn't seem to be any permanent damage. That's why I'm thinking yeah. it's probably tear gas, right? Cause I don't right. think tear gas causes permanent damage. And um, but I wasn't vomiting either. So that's why I'm thinking maybe it was something else. Cause I think that tear gas also supposed to make you vomit, but anyway, it was, wasn't good. Whatever it was, it wasn't good. Yeah. He tried, so he tried to first kill my dad with a knife. Then he tried to do whatever he thought he was doing with that gas. Um, and, and, and so after that, we didn't see them again for like a long time. And then right. like maybe a month or it's hard to remember the timeline, but you know, let's say a month goes by mm-hmm. and, and my dad, my mom contacts my dad and said, Hey, there was, there was kind of like a, like a community center with a kind mm-hmm. of a rabbi that mm-hmm. where you would go and you could go and kind of learn English and do other things. And, and she said, why don't you come and meet us at this community center so we can talk things out and see if we can, you know, work something out. 
And so I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe mom is going to be there and we're going to, you know, something good will come of it. And this to get there, it took about an hour to walk to this place. Mm. So when we got there, she didn't show up. We waited for like three, four hours. And then we decided to go back home. And it's not like you can call people on cell phones. No. Yeah. Right. So we walked, when we came back home, our apartment was broken into and they had came in and stolen anything of value from her. Yeah. Oh my God. So, and at that point, like my sister and I kind of realized that our, we, our mom is gone forever. Right. Yeah. Even though she was like, just she was there, but she's not there. Right. She's not there. Yeah. This is not mom. And then we, so, and then we didn't have any contact at all until we finally got acceptance to leave Italy and come to Toronto. Um, And then the immigration uh, people wanted to see us before that happens because they want to right. understand why are we leaving without our mom? Because it's, right. it's very unusual. Usually that's the right. kids stay with the mom, not the dad. So they want to make sure that it's all legit. That's right. So so we're sitting in a room. It's my sister, me, my my mom and my dad. And she's spewing all kinds of lies about my dad and 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 saying that the, we should be with her and all this kind of stuff. My sister got up, went over to her and just slapped her across the face like you wouldn't believe. And when the immigration officer saw that, he said, OK, you guys can go. OK, time to leave. You guys what? can go. And they didn't have any more questions after that because they, you know, when a 10 year old kid goes up. Slaps and, their mom. In the, yeah, yeah. Because of the things that she's saying about her dad, they wow. understood who was telling the truth. So, so yeah, so that, I mean, so that whole experience, uh, which didn't happen overnight, you have to understand it. it was right. Right. A of very course. prolonged of course. Uh, uh, scenario of course. that I think that did more to shape me. And that's why it, it's always hard to put yourself in other people's shoes, right? It's very, very hard. Like I, mm. you know, that mm. scenario that I, I went through as a very young kid, you know, I could grow up and kind of do all kinds of bad things and be, you know what I mean? And say, oh, I had this terrible childhood, this traumatic thing that happened to me. And it's not like, oh, I'm somehow special or I, you know what I mean? I just, I look back and I look at that. I, do. I think it made me stronger. I think it made me who I am today in terms of um, in a good way, not a bad way. If, if that makes any sense. You know it, I mean? So very, very intimately. I know what you mean. Um, on that note, I want to, I want to say, um, Aaron wants to ask, you are such a great father. First of all, what experience do you believe every child should have before they become an adult? Um, oh, <laughs> you know what? Um, it's such a, that's a hard question because I don't know that there's one thing, you know what I mean? I think the most important thing to have Uh, as a child is childhood is, is an opportunity to be be a kid. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's unfair to put kids in a scenario where they have to grow up sooner than they should. It's also unfair to um, put undue pressures on kids that they've, you know, like there's a, there's a very, very fine balance between making sure that your kids have every opportunity in the world to overwhelming them with opportunity. Mm, mm. And I'm not, I'm not sure what the scientific mm, formula for mm. that is. My wife and I tried to do the best that we could. 
but you know, you know what I mean? Like there's some kids that their schedule, like their schedule is on the calendar. Like, Oh, on this day, you're going to have piano and then Kung Fu and karate and swimming. And, and then tomorrow, and, and the parents think that they're doing a good thing for their kids. And because, you know, maybe one of those things are going to click and they're going to, yeah. Right? But you what, are they, what are they missing out on? Like, what is the, like, I, I yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I think one yeah, of the things, I'm living it right now. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things that kids are rubbed off today, today that we didn't, that we, I think I, I certainly had, uh, that I wish my kids had more of mm. is that just natural outside playtime. The yeah. natural, not forced, where you're just yeah. you're after school, you're going to play ho- street hockey after school, you're hanging out at the mall, you're right. you're walking home from school and you're deciding to go to the arcade or this. It, it's it, like I, I don't want to sound like that guy. Right. It's like just everyone's it's under. Okay, you can be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just think you can that be that guy. And then and then that and all of that. And then what happens? COVID, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that yeah. we were already in a, in a, in a, in a place that was so different socially than it was when we were young. And then it doubled down. Yeah. It's like, and by the yeah. way, now we're making it okay. We're, you know, do more of that. Not just okay. <laughs> it's crit. It's how we're going to function. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and now, now you have these countries, I think Finland and Netherlands that are saying we're going to, uh, 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 not allow phones in schools. So it's like, finally, thank goodness. Like, it, mm. yes, I get it. There's like 1% of our society needs phones because of illnesses or emergencies or whatever, but mm-hmm. come on, like you, how, how, how is it okay for kids to be on their phones during class? Like they it's just be, ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Cause, and again, it's, I'm going on a tangent again, but, but uh, to Aaron's question, I, it's not one thing. I think, yeah. I think let kids be kids. Let kids I think that's a kids. good answer. That's a good answer. Joey asks, what's your most practical advice from a manager to a challenged employee? Like somebody who's just not getting the the thread or rather, how do you motivate employees that are unmotivated? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I, I think what's, what's, I can't motivate anybody. People need to know how to motivate themselves. And I think often when you ask when you ask, it's about taking off the mentor hat and putting on a coach hat. Those two things are very, very different. Right. And, 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 and to put on a coach hat, it's very difficult because you have to be patient and you have to be very careful not to get seduced. Um, where it's what do you mean about, by that? Say more about that. So the, 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 this, the key to coaching is to uncovering, uncovering what's below the surface. Right. So when you say, uh, gee, uh, Casey, what motivates you? And you might say, um, uh, you know, what mo- mo- motivates me? The reason I go to work is because I know I'm going to earn some a paycheck and I'm going to be able to pay the bills. I'm going to be able to send, send the kids to Disneyland or whatever. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, but the reality is, is that even though you said it, it's a complete lie, not because you're lying. It's just, you don't realize that you just, you, 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 no one has challenged you on it. Mm. Right. Cause you, no one's motivated by money. money. Money is just, you know, let's say, let's say you get your year end performance review and Mm -hmm. your boss says, you know, you did really well this year. So, you know, instead of getting, giving you a 2% raise um, that the government recommends, we're going to give you a two and a half percent raise because you're so awesome. 
And you know what? We did really well this year. So we're also going to give you on top of that a 5% one-time 5% bonus because you're also, we, you know, you're, you're, you're great. We really love having you. And so what happens? You look at your paycheck, you see that you got a bump from your two and a half percent and that equates to like whatever, an extra $15 or something ridiculous that you don't even see how it makes a difference to your life. And then you get that one time 5,000 payment, which actually is not 5,000 after taxes, maybe, you know, 3,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and then you go and use it for that one thing that you want, always wanted. And then it's gone. And then you have another year of having to go to work <laughs> where you're yeah. not going to get any more raises. You're not going to be getting any more bonuses. Maybe you'll get the same stuff next year, but you, the money is not going to, it's not going to get you out of bed in the morning because that's gone. Mm-hmm. You got it. That's it's over what well, the things that motivate you have to be the things that can have a continuum to them, right? Mm. They have to be things that you have control over. You have zero control over getting raises and, you know, you might think you have control, but you have nothing to do with that. Um, It's it's and and again, once they happen, that's it. They're in your rearview mirror. What are the things that you motivate you? You need to discover that. And Mm. I think a good coach helps uh, an employee discover the things that maybe they haven't thought and spent any time thinking about. Uh, So I'll give you an example. Some some people might get motivated by being included in decision making. You know what? Um, Instead of me telling you what projects you're going to be working on. How about I give you an, I'll give you five projects and you tell me which of those you might want to be working on. Some people are motivated by giving, given tasks. They don't want it. They don't want to make decisions. They just, they're, they're, they're doers. They just want to be told exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it. They don't want that extra response. And maybe they will be motivated by that. And a good manager understands that about their employees. And if he Mm. or she doesn't, then they explore that and they get below the surface to kind of find out if someone's having a, uh, if someone is not engaged, not motivated, it might have nothing to do with work at all. Maybe they're going Mm. through a difficult time at home. Maybe they're, you know what I mean? Maybe they lost a family member or something like that. And again, a coach asks questions. A coach doesn't give advice. A coach doesn't, um, um, give the answers, if you will, doesn't problem solve a coach helps the, helps the employee or or the coachee um, find the answers for themselves. And when they say, Oh, it's almost like, you know, how does that make you feel? (laughs) Right. It's like, and then what happened? And then what happened? Tell me more about that. Right. Tell me more of that. Like, (laughs) uh, what have you tried? And then once you uncover, oh, it's that thing, you're having trouble with that thing. Okay. Have you, what have you tried to, to combat that or whatever? What else have you tried? Oh, okay. What else do you think you could try? So at no point are you actually telling them what to do. You're helping them discover. And then, so when they finally get to that eureka moment, they feel they've actually accomplished something. And then they feel engaged and they feel motivated in the action planning. Okay, great. So we've uncovered all this great stuff. Now let's get to the action planning. What are you going to, what is the one thing that if you could just pick one thing to do differently, what is that one thing that you think you could do? Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's make a commitment. So let's time. Um, you know, like how long, when do you, when are you going to start? 
And when do, would you like us to come back and talk about it again? Right. Yeah. So you're giving them with the control you're giving it. Yes. All, they're the ones who are making all these decisions. So that's, that's what right. a good coach does is, is help an employee come to these realizations for themselves and you're guiding them. You're guiding them along to making to those decisions. And the seduction part is that when they're giving you answers that are interesting, mm. don't wear off. Don't ask about the interesting stuff because it's not about that. It's not about you. And it's not about the thing. It's about the employee. It's always about the coachee. And you always, it's always about helping them uncover what is the root cause of their angst and an actual plan to get beyond that and not to get seduced by the answers. So I'm going to say that that went ahead and answered Adrian's question about, um, being a good manager is a skill that takes a lot of attention and talent. And where did that come from for you? So the second half of his question was things that you do constantly consistent consciously to challenge and bring out the best in your staff that you answered. Where do you think this, this came from who modeled this for you? Where did you pick this up? Is this something intrinsic like trains? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's really just experience. Like uh, yeah. being given, I, so you, you create your own opportunities, right? So for me, I think, you know, sometimes you look at a kid and you say, you know, that kid has a leadership mindset that right. is going to be a right. leader one day. Right. Um, right. I, so I think it's something, and, and, and not everyone is kind of molded to be a leader. That's, that's right. Just, and that's okay. Right. That, that's that's right. just, everyone's built different. That's um, right. I think it, for me, I think it was, it's always been in me to kind mm. of be in a leadership role. And I, yeah. you know, when I got my um, first opportunity, at, you know, even going back to, you know, high school and then college, I've always been the guy to, to say yes. <laughs> I always said, you know, when people ask for volunteers, I always just, I don't know, I just always wanted to be in the limelight and mm. not from an ego point of view. I just wanted to be the guy I just want to be. Okay. And that's why I think the music I, uh, and being in a band and playing on stage, there's a little ego there and it's ego. not a bad thing. It's okay to, it's okay. It's doesn't ego. Isn't always negative. Yeah. But it's just, there's, there's two sides to it. Right. So I Absolutely. think I, I was always. on a more playful side of things. And, yes. and so that was that, that did me well, yes. but, but so when I finally got into the working world and mm. I, I, I kind of got into the working world and then I, I, worked at this company called VTR video for six years. And that's where I met Linda. And it, it was, it was the best time of my life. I, I swear to God, like working at, it was Dunder Mifflin. It was Dunder yeah. Mifflin before yeah. Dunder Mifflin. Like it was, that's I, when the office came out, I loved it so much because it was like, that's, this is your life. It's comfort food. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, yeah. like, Michael Scott was Tim Goodall. That was my boss. Like <laughs> Tim, he, if you're listening, there you go. Tim, I love you, man. But when he, you know, we had, we had these, we, we bought this SKC. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so we bought this quickly, pen. Victor. So, so we, <laughs> we bought these rolls of video that we wound into video cassettes into mm-hmm. shelves and these clean rooms and stuff like that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then one of my, my job was to inspect the quality of that tape. And it was, it was wound. It was reverse. Like it was spooled the wrong way around. So when you mm-hmm. try to record on it, you just get snow. Okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, so we had to call them and say, you just sh- shipped us 200,000 of these spools and they're useless to us. And they couldn't believe it. So they actually, they, they sent their engineers from South Korea. That's where this was from 
to our little itsy bitsy Dunder Mifflin plant in in um, uh, uh, Don Mills, uh, uh, Toronto, Ontario, and and they come through the through the doors. Tim comes to greet them. He bows. Uh, it uh, uh, almost hits the guy in the head and then gives his business card, but it wasn't his business card. It was Joe McNulty's business card. Who was, who was my supervisor. And, and so the, the guy looks and business cards were very important at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and they looked at the business card and they reached out the hand and said, oh, very nice to meet you, Joe. And then Tim, that's the, the first impression is, Oh, I'm sorry. I gave the wrong business card. And so, <laughs> this was like the comedy of it all. Like it was, yes. I was there. And yes. It was, this was happening in front of me. It was the comedy of it all. That whole, visit, you were tripping this, out. It was a 30 minute. It was a 30 minute sitcom episode. That whole visit from, from South Korea. Anyway. Speaking of funny. Yes. Let's do some rapid fire, quick answer, funny questions. Okay. You can't think you just need to, you need to go for it. Okay. okay let's do it. Which of the, this is from UK Dennis, which of the regular TPS co-hosts would win a Royal Rumble? Oh, Al. Nice. What was the first album you ever bought? Asked Cassie. Ah, oh, that's such a hard, qu- I, I can't, I, I don't, I can't remember what I bought and what I uh what was kind of mixed for me do you know what i mean like so what was, was the first was the, this album was the, that you this, laid hands on and you said this is the album i just can't remember what i bought i can't remember what i bought don't get I, hung I, up on bought okay the album that was my, my first music, album my musical uh journey started with the wall okay my musical Good. journey started with and to this day it's still one of the greatest albums and any kid out there that has never okay. listened to the this wall. This is rapid answer. Please, we know. please go and listen from beginning to end with headphones on. And you can even smoke your hashish if you want. But okay. please listen to the album. All right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, which universe character universe character would be your friend in childhood, college, and now? Uh, oh, that's a hard one. Um, it's got to be from Shorzy. And I think, I think it would be Sanguinette. I think it would be Sanguinette. All three for all three. You would be friends with him from childhood through. Yes. Yes. I I feel as I think he and I could be friends in real life. I feel like because we did have that connection and we spent that time talking to get about Nuno and extreme and music and all that kind of stuff. And, and he's just such a, cool dude i think he and i would vibe really well together and we could jam together and we could go and hang out um i think he he and i could be friends for life cool when you inevitably discover a new element that will be placed on the periodic table what will you call it and how will you celebrate both of those last questions are from aaron uh that would be hippopotamium nice nice um what kind of train is best Oh, you know what? I love, I love uh, the DB class 37. And False. It's just... the answer is monorail. <laughs> and I love the, it's funny that I love the 37 and I also love the F7. So those that um, these are trains that don't run anymore. They don't, they, 
they're except in heritage railroads. But I love those two trains. One is a British train and one is, an, is a North American train, uh, the F7 and the 30 class 37. Yeah, that question was from Matt, who wanted me to keep going until after you ranted for or against monorails. LOL. I ignore. I ignored the monorail. Yeah, that's I know. So yeah. there you go, Matt. He ignored you through me. I hope that worked out for you. Um, <laughs> if money didn't matter, would you rather be a train conductor or the hippo keeper at a zoo? Oh, well, that's not a fair question. Um, that's from Joey. Pick one, yeah, train conductor um, or hippo keeper. I, I love animals so much. I have to go with the hippos. Oh, he put his foot down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just choose I, the hippos over trains. I, you know what? I, it's the, I love animals. I love all animals. Um, I love hippos. I love cats. I love all animals. There isn't an animal that I don't love. So uh, if I have an opportunity to, to work with animals, uh, I'll choose that over anything else. So um, one of our final questions from Tobias, he wants to know, is it a bit? <laughs> which, which part? Um, he didn't specify. He just uh, said, the answer is, is it a no, bit? I'm, I'm, I'm authentic and genuine. Um, so you, 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 you get what you see. Uh, follow up was the blue spatula, blue spatula planned or was it handy when you needed it? Uh, no, no, there was nothing planned. It, that was totally spontaneous. Um, it was, it was, I, it came about, if it came about from the um, a red card episode. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, and then I just, I, it must've just been there. Uh, and I decided I don't have a red card, so I'm just going to use a spatula uh, mm. because it was there. Um, and yeah, so it was just, it was very, very spontaneous. There was nothing uh, premeditated about it. What is your favorite produce stand pod moment? Um, so I guess you're saying like it would have like during a live episode. I, I don't I don't know. It's from Cassie. Or, or the question the is, what is your favorite produce stand moment? Has there been a moment or an episode that had That's you change your mind about something or? I, it's so hard to say, right? Because we've had like so many epic interviews. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? Like for me, the episodes where our community members join our episodes, for me, those are even more special than the the having celebrities on. Um, because it's like, I don't know when exactly it happened when we started having uh, members from the community on our episodes. Um I wish I remembered the first one because I, then I would could say, Oh, it's that one. Um, I just, it's, it's, we've been doing it for so long. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to remember when it started. So mm. it's not, it's not like any, like, I love Aaron's. <laughs> I just love the energy that she brings. Like she's, she's, she's that I love everyone in the community, but like, for me, like she's extra special just because just the, she walks into a room and she doesn't, she just, just brightens up the room. I just love that yes. about her. Um, yes. I don't, like it's a, just a, you know, everyone has something special, right. And that's yes. her superpower. She just is, she's able to bring that love and energy into a room. And I just appreciate yes. that so much about her. Um, um, so it's very hard to pick a moment. Like I love, I love the, you know, just cause it's recency bias, but 
you know, the episode we just had with Cassie on where, you know, she was so genuine and, and such a and, good show and took us on a journey with her, her kind yes. of self-discovery journey and stuff. That was so special for her to kind of yes. share that with, with, the, with us and with the community. So, I mean, I, for me, it's those moments, those human moments, I put like a million miles above anything that we talk about Shorzy or letter Kenny, the, the episodes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, yes, just, I do. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, for me to pinpoint any one moment. I thought it was going to be when we had uh squirrely, um, uh, uh, squirrely uh, Dan, squirrely Dan, uh, K-Trav on, because that was like crazy. Like what the hell? Like we just yeah. started this thing and he's yeah. on our, he's our, I, like he's, he was our kind of first main cast member. And it's like, mm-hmm. like, I think plywood was, I think he was second after plywood, if I'm not wrong. Um, so that was kind of crazy. Right. Um, and so I kind of thought that that was going to be, but I'm telling you, like having you guys on yeah. our episodes for me is so much more special. Like it, it's, it's just, I think it's so cool. Like Matt cries about it. I don't cry about it, but I, I think it's just so, so special and so cool. All right. Last question. All right. This is from sweet sassy Mo Lassie. What do you wish people understood or knew about you that we don't? Um, I don't know. I like, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty open book. Um, so it's not like I, I don't kind of lose sleep over the fact that, Oh, geez, people have it wrong about me or what, you know what I mean? Like I, I think for the most part, it's all, I think the bit is the part where I'm the villain and and the, the <laughs> antagonist and stuff like that. But um, I, I come across that way just because I'm honest about my opinions and I'm not too concerned about what people think or, or how they react to it and stuff like that. Um, it's, I'm I'm not scary. I'm kind of, you know, I, I care about people like, and stuff like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I, I do enjoy a good debate. And, um, and, and so I, I don't, come to, I don't try and look for the fault in things just for the sake of argument. Do you know what I mean? I think there's some sh- episodes like about yours, y'all come and I'll have nothing, not a single negative thing to say about it. Right. And, 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 and you more get, get more angry at my co-host that, that don't get it. Um, so, right. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know that there's, like I said, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I, I, I don't, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything that, Oh, I wish people knew that. I I don't think there's really anything, uh, anything like that, to be honest. Uh, I I guess if anything is that um, to, to, to understand is that I love trains, but I love guitars. I love planes. I love hippos. I love superheroes. I have um, um, an immense uh, uh, a collection of superheroes at home. Um, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, um, mostly DC. I also love transformers. I love, um, um, uh, cats. I, I, there's so, you know what I mean? Like I, I love yeah. music. I, I, I love sports. I love hockey. Um, I, I have a, a crazy, crazy collection of hockey cards that, um, if anybody's that into it would be, would be super, uh, excited to kind of look through and whatnot. Uh, I love technology. That's my living. Right. Um, I used to design websites and build e-learning and all that kind of stuff. Um, So uh, and 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 so there's these different layers, you know, so like I'm not just this kind of fanatical guy about trains. Trains are probably like maybe 
number 10 or probably in a double digits of things that I love. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, yes, I guess that's the thing. It's I'm not just a guy who loves trains. I, I, there's many, um, there's, I guess, um, many layers of, of interest that I have. You love uh, and life. Of, and, and one of my biggest interests and, and that I love is travel. Like I, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, just coming back from Paris and Amsterdam, yeah. um, that was super fun. I can't, and Linda and I just booked our next vacation, uh, that I think I shared in the previous episode. We're going to the zoo. Um, so why not? Right. So we're going to spend yeah. five days uh, in the zoo and then we're going to take that, uh, Agawa, uh, uh, and, and, and ayahuasca, what Agawa it's, it's Agua. It's or Agua or Agawa. Um, I was joking. And, and, and it's, and it's, um, it's okay. And, and, <laughs> And yes, and yes, it's a train and yes, it's a train ride, but we're doing it not because it's a train ride. It's because it's a, an experience, right? You know what I mean? It's the, the experience of doing it, yes. and doing it during the fall colors and all that kind of stuff. So I, we can't wait to do that. So that's one of my, that sounds one magical is, is to just travel and, and enjoy life. Yeah. And, 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 um, like one of the things that I, this is, you know, a very common thing, but what I tell my kids, I say, you know, there's three things, <laughs> three things that I want for you is find something that you love, right? Yeah. You've heard this one a million times, find something that you love. And it's like, you know, I think Kiso has a saying about it, you know, uh, about work and whatever the saying is. Come um, on, Victor, you know what it is. Say yes. it. And, and the second one is, I'm, I'm not going to say it. The second one is, second one is, Sorry, Jared. <laughs> the second one. The second one is um, learn something new every mm. day. It could be this. Go watch a YouTube video on how to fix a leak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> learn learn a new word in a new language. Learn a new word in your own language. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like a big. I'm not saying go learn how to do Python, right? It's a programming right. language. It's uh, like it could be something small, <laughs> just not for you, for others. Um, yes. Not just a snake. Um, and 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 the third thing, and the third thing is, do something kind for somebody every day. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It just it say something nice to your mom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, like just, it, just do something kind and you do a small thing that's kind every day after a week, it turns into something bigger than that subconsciously. And it just, it, it helps wash away all of that you know, build up <laughs> that you get from yeah, life you get to balance yeah. out kind of all of that other crap that you build builds up inside of you. Those are the three things that I tell my kids, you know, and, you know, I try to hammer, hammer in and, you know, whether it stays or it doesn't, I have no idea, but th- for me, that's the secret sauce to, you know, being able to exist. <laughs> I think, I think that is an amazing way to end. Um, Let's do some final thoughts. I'm going to go first and then you can have the last word. Um, Thank you so much for being unapologetically you um, in a time in a world where that is dangerous, right? Orwell said in a time of um, universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Um, and I think you embody that. And I'm so glad we got to, to do this together. And thank you for sharing. It's like such intimate parts of your life to give us a, a window into, um, 
know you just a little bit better. I think you still kept some mystique. So that's good too. There's a lot we left on the table. I would love to do a part two if you would be interested in it. Um, but yeah, I just, I really appreciate you sitting down and doing this with me tonight. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very kind of you to say. Um, it's the truth. I'm, I don't say it either if I don't believe it. So, um, you know, um, I think my parting words, it maybe ties back to that last question. You know, what, mm-hmm. what people want to know. I think mm-hmm. the one thing I, I think those few, uh, few of our community members that got a chance to meet my wife, uh, Linda, mm-hmm. Uh, when we went up to um, uh, Sudbury the first time, um, got a little bit of a, a sneak behind the curtains. And I you know, probably don't spend a lot of time talking about uh, my wife, but um, that's the one. If I'm going to leave with anything, it's just I'll, I'll share a little bit about her. And um, she is probably the number one reason for me being, um, who I am, um, because I spent, we're going to, on August 1st, we're going to have our 25 year anniversary and, uh, she's been a rock. Um, you know, it's her and me, like before our kids, she was my best friend and today she's my best friend. And, uh, I love her more today than I did back then. Like, uh, you know, um, I think we have a stronger relationship today than we did uh, during our honeymoon period, like it's, um, and, and it's, she's just incredible. Um, and I'm grateful every day for her. And, um, she helped me make some very difficult choices in life when, you know, uh, after I get, I, I shared with you that we, we met at, um, this Thunder Mifflin VTR video mm-hmm. uh, place. I worked there for six years and we, and they, they closed down because guess what video was obsolete. Um, and so I had to, I had to, you know, people were scrambling and they were saying, Oh, I better go get another job and get an, and she said, just go and take time and figure out what you want to do. And I, and, and she was super supportive. We didn't have any money, but she was super supportive and said, go back to school if that's what you want to do. And I went back to school and I studied uh, HTML and website design, all that stuff, you know, got me into the technology, the next technology 2.0. And, and then that kind of launched me to on, on a path that got me to where I am today. And, you know, she was there for me during that time and she continued to be there for me and we've been there for each other throughout but um uh so i don't spend a lot of time talking about her and um just because that's not you know (laughs) that's not what we talk about in the show but that's the little sneak behind the curtain in terms of uh um how uh who i am and how i i'm shaped today as well as as my life partner who uh i've been with for uh, 25 years Good enough. Good stuff. Um, well, we're going to play us out tonight with this beautiful song that Al has queued up and uh, pardon me, Francais, um, the song tonight is by Harmonium.
a good song. And that's all we have for this episode tonight. Next week, the Takeover team will step in while Al and Tanya head out on vacay. So we'll be reviewing episode zero to celebrate three years of the Produce Stand pod. June 13th marks three years. Um, So... Don't forget to join us next week. We're going to be having fun. Takeover team, this is your announcement. Do your homework. Listen to episode zero, make notes, all of that good stuff. Don't forget to purchase and visit our sponsors, Diabolical Coffee. Uh, you can use the promo code PRODUCESTAND for 20% off any purchase on Diabol- diabolicalcoffee.com. Go support the podcast. You can rate us on iTunes, Spotify, and then become a patron. You can follow us if you want to on most social media platforms at Produce Stand Pod. Thank you for joining us. Now we're going to make our way to the after party. Maybe Victor will stay for like an extra minute. Maybe not. On behalf of Victor, Al, thank you for producing Behind the Mask. I forgot to thank you tonight, buddy. On behalf of all three of us, thank you for listening and have a great week. 